Good morning, family. Glad to see all of you this morning. Uh, today, our pastors are not here. They are, on their, they are on their way back from pastors' retreat in Malaysia. So, let us keep them in prayer for journey mercy as they are making their way back to Singapore today. <clears throat> the title of today's sermon is The Lamb Who Conquered. Let us follow him. This title is borrowed from the motto of Moravian Revival. The Moravians came from Eastern Europe and they settled in Germany when they experienced persecution. The Moravians were a small group of people who started a 24-7 prayer watch on 26th of August, 1727, 18th century. Moravian community committed to pray at every hour by rotation. Even children took part in this prayer meeting. The prayer meeting lasted for 100 years, and it was known as the Moravian, Moravian Revival. During that period, Moravian Mission Movement started and they sent around 300 missionaries to proclaim the gospel to the unreached parts of the world. One recorded even sacrificed himself to be a slave so he could identify with the slave and reach the slave for Christ. Their revival in the 18th century may not be heard by many of us, but one of the movements that benefited from the Moravians is our Methodist movement. Revival always begins with prayer. Every mission and missionary movement always starts with a prayer movement. Every revival can be traced to persistent prayer to seek God and to ask more of Him. Closer to home, our ACS Clock Tower revival began with prayer and hunger for God. The spiritual renewal that we experienced in the 1970s and 1980s can be traced to prayer as well. Now, here we are in the year 2023. And our church theme for this year is Mission with the Master. As we desire to be in mission with our Lord, we must also emphasize the importance of a prayer movement among us. The Word of God says in Ephesians 6, chapter 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Spiritual world is real, even though we cannot see it. Whether we believe it or not, it is there and it governs and it manifests in our physical world. To advance the kingdom of God, it is not by our strength, our force or weapon. The power of this world can only be fought and won by the Spirit of God. When we look at Jesus, how did Jesus the Lamb and his followers conquer the world? It was not by weapon and horses, it is by meekness and humility. 
The forces of evil and principalities must be, must be fought spiritually through prayers. We must pray for the world around us, for what happened around us. If we want revival to happen in our church and our nation and Southeast Asia region at large, the church or all of us must love people. If we do not love people, revival has no meaning, no purpose. We grow to love people when we pray for them. Apostle Paul wrote a letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be safe and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. This is the word of God. Okay, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to know you and your word and to live in complete obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> 1 Timothy is a letter that Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy. Timothy was a pastor in Ephesus. Paul, Apostle Paul, wrote several important things to be addressed in the church, from the appointment of elders, deacons, reminding them of false teachings, and in this passage about prayer, corporate prayer. From 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1-3, Apostle Paul writes like this, I urge that supplication, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. The first point that we can gather from the first three verses is praying for the needs of all people. Praying for the needs of all people. We are to pray for all people, pray for our leaders and people who are in authority. People means everyone. They can be our family members, our extended family, our neighbors, our colleagues, our boss, our friends, government, and even other countries. Yes, there is a lot of things to pray about. The call to pray is beyond praying for our own family members. When we pray, our hearts are burning with the things of the hearts of God. Our hearts are burdened with the needs of the people because the Spirit of God places the burden into our hearts. When we pray to God, we are extending our hearts, stretching our hands. We are covering people in prayer as led by the Spirit of God. Some of us may think it is too much. We may think, I don't even know who they are. I don't feel like praying. I don't even have time to pray for my own needs and my family needs. All of us have needs. Praying for others is something that we, are, we acquire over time. 
it is not natural. We grow as we continue to pray. The Holy Spirit in us will help us to pray for them as we yield ourselves to pray. He will reveal to us what we are to pray for. Praying is not easy because we do not know who these people are. Why bother? Why bother? But we bother to pray for others because Jesus cares for them. God cares for us. He loves us. We are here today because someone else has prayed for us, sacrificed for us. Jesus has died for us while we were yet sinners. Many followers of Christ have died to themselves so others can live and have a personal relationship with God. All of us are recipients of the love that others have shared with us. Reverend Tobin and Reverend Oldham, our Methodist pioneer in Singapore, came to Singapore from America and India to plant a church in Singapore. They did not know the people in Singapore, yet they went. Their mission and hard work began with prayers, and we are here today because of their hard work. The Lord has been gracious to us. Let us share this grace by praying for people even when we do not know them. When we work in Amokyo Methodist, uh, Amokyo neighborhood, what do we see? From our prayer walk last year, the common sights of people we see are the following. Families with young, with young children, elderly, our seniors, migrant workers, food delivery workers, business workers, bus drivers, and perhaps many others. We can begin by praying for our Angokyo neighborhood. From articles in the media, social fabric in Singapore is experiencing challenges as there is a continuous decline in birth rate and a fast-aging population. In recent articles in the news, Singapore, Singapore's total fertility rate drops to historic low of, historic low of 1.05. This is below the replacement rate, and it means our population will continue to decline. There are various reasons for this, and one of them is parents experience various challenges in raising children. While challenges may be real, may be real, they should not be reason for us to doubt God's plan and command to multiply and fill the earth. Children are under a great stress in our society. They have to compete from young, and not, of, not all of them were born fit for this stiff competition. Some children may suffer and broken because of family background and upbringing. We must pray a prayer of blessing and affirmation for the children. These children can be our neighbors, our church tuition children, our Sunday school children, or our own children or grandchildren. In Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16 says, For you, God, form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, 
intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The psalmist describes how an embryo, a fetus or a baby was formed in the mother's womb. The process is not an accident or unplanned. God is the one who created them. They are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every child is precious to God. We pray for God to fulfill His promise and His word. We pray that God will fulfill His plan for them. Our children are the future of this nation. And we must pray for them to be God-fearing and for them to fulfill God's plan for their generations. We must pray for parents to have the courage to start a family, trusting in His Word that children are gifts from the Lord. We have read in the news about school mergers at various levels and the increasing numbers of nursing homes. We see how a school premise is converted to a nursing home. Example, in 2015, Yishun Primary was converted to a nursing home, All Saints Home. Our elderly may suffer insecurities and identity crises as they age, especially when illnesses start to hit them. Observing my own mother and my mother-in-law in their senior years, the process of aging is hard to bear. We must remember our seniors in prayer. Uphold them, not only for them to experience God, but for them to prosper in the Lord. God promised that He will never leave us, even till our old age. Prophet Isaiah in chapter 46 verse 4 says like this, Even to your old age, I am the Lord, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. We pray that our seniors will have confidence in the Lord. Our flesh and our heart may fail, but God is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. There are many more items to pray. We can pray while we are walking in our community. We pray what we see and what we read in the news. When Jesus walked from town to town, from town, to town he saw people and have compassion on them. He saw them like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them as a field ripe for harvest. Last pray that God will open our eyes to see the people, to have compassion on them and pray for them to know and experience God. Let us pray a prayer of blessing and claim the word of God about them. The Bible also teaches us to pray for our leaders and government. A few years ago, a friend of mine was crafting a prayer point, and one of them she wrote is for the public transportation system in Singapore to be good and well. She was criticized for writing the point by one of the church members because he said Singapore's transportation system is already the best in the world. There is no need to pray this point. This is before the train system started to break down. 
We can be proud of Singapore and what the government has done. The government has done their best for the people, but everyone can make mistakes. Everyone can fall. We cannot be too proud. Thinking that we are the best and trusting in our flesh. We must be humble and continually seek God for His mercy and guidance. In the Old Testament, the prophets were called by God to speak to the nations. Many nations were evil and God pronounced judgment on them. The judgment was pronounced not only for Israel or Judah's enemy, but also for Israel and Judah. God pronounced judgment for His people who rebel against Him. No nation is 100% right with God. Every nation sins against God, just to a different extent. God is righteous and He will judge all nations. We must be willing to be taught by the Lord. Leaders are having a great responsibility and they need divine guidance to make the right and godly decision. We must intercede for Singapore. How should we pray for our nation? How to, um, how to humble ourselves? In 2 Chronicles, uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon sought God for his mercy during the temple dedication in Jerusalem. He pleaded for God to be gracious. When his people repent from their sins, and God replied Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13 and 14, When I, God, shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name, all of us, uh, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. This is the answer that God gave to Solomon. He will bring judgment to his people when they are not faithful, but he will forgive and restore them if they return to him. As a nation, as a church, we must seek God's forgiveness for our nation. We may think that Singapore is better than her neighbors. We too have sinned against God and we are to intercede for her. We are to acknowledge our sins and mistakes. We do compromise several, several things for our economic growth. We do. There are inequalities and social injustice. We must be humble to acknowledge God's truth and righteousness. God will heal and restore our land. As we continue to walk humbly before Him, God will bless Singapore and raise Singapore to be the light for the nations. Many things have happened in our world today and our Southeast Asia region is not spared. In the news, the countries in the region has increased budget for defense. I need to make a disclaimer. This is all I know. Yeah, from the news. Okay, I'm, I do not have in, internal information, huh? so I make a disclaimer. This is from the news. Looking at the current geopol geopolitical tension in the region, we do not know what will happen tomorrow, next year, or the next five to ten years. The tide may turn, 
the tide may turn, just like no one who has predicted a pandemic can occur in our lifetime. Future political, financial, or economic uncertainty may occur in the way that we may never think could have happened. No one knows, but God knows, and He is on the throne. We must be watchful. We must know the season. Spiritually, we are not in peacetime. We are on a spiritual warfare. As a church, He calls us to pray, to intercede. His church is to bring peace and blessings to the nation. We will benefit from praying for our community and our leaders and our country. Wherever we live, we need to seek the welfare of the city and we are to pray for her and in her welfare, we will find our welfare. The second point in this passage is praying for a personal relationship with God for all people. Praying for a personal relationship with God for all people. Verse 4 to 6 says like this, God who desires all people to be safe and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. In this passage, God's desire is for everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. Our Lord Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for sin and Jesus' sacrifice is able to ransom the world. That is why one important point of prayer is to pray that people will come to repentance and they will come to the knowledge of the truth. We cannot force people to believe in Jesus. Only God can draw them to Him. That is why we pray for God to act, for Him to touch them and soften their hearts. We must pray for salvation of the people around us, our family members, our extended family, and people around us. There are second or third generation Christians who do not think faith in Christ is important. Even children or youth in our church struggle about Christian faith. Young people may leave the faith after they start a family. They get busier and think that faith is not an important part of their lives. Some of us may experience this reality that the faith that we share with our children are not as well received as what we desire. What we can do is to pray for them. Pray persistently for their salvation, for God to open their eyes to see the reality and the lies of this world. Do not assume that this is just a phase, and then when they are old, they will return to Him. Nobody knows tomorrow. As the Lord gives us this day, seek Him and do not waver to pray for our children and spiritual children. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? The most important thing in our life is faith in Jesus Christ. Everything in this world and what we achieve are temporal. 
We will not bring anything home when God calls us home. Nothing. Let us focus on things that are eternal, the souls of the people. For us who are parents, pay careful, pay, pay careful thoughts to our own lives and conduct. Do we live by faith? Do we make our faith in Christ evident and a, and a priority that we do not compromise with what this world offers? We cannot force our children to believe what we believe. What we can do is to teach and train them. We live out this faith by being fully obedient to his word. Last week, Pastor Anthony preached on the great reversal, how the world is reconciled to him, to Christ. The world is redeemed, and one of them is the breaking of the bondage of sin. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34 to 36, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The Son, Jesus, remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The greatest blessing that we can receive is to be free from sin and its bondage. bondage. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin, and freedom can only be found in Jesus. Many people are in bondage to sin, to addiction, to anger, many sinful acts. This bondage holds the person captive. He may seek help everywhere, but no answer. Jesus is the only person who can help them. Jesus is the answer. All of us have been redeemed and experienced Him. He has set us free. There are many people who have yet a personal relationship with Jesus, with God. We are to pray for them. Not just a one-time prayer, a persistent prayer that people who do not know Him will know Him. Some may wonder, will God answer our prayer? If all of us are praying today, will God answer our prayer? Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. There's one example. My grandfather, from my mother's side, was the first person who accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior in 1945, thereabout. He brought his wife and children to know Christ as well from one person. They were neighbors and friends who believed in Christ through my grandfather. My father, my mom's uh, husband, was a seeker, but he did not confess Jesus Christ personally. In the past, many of my extended family were not in the faith. I remember that my mother regularly prays for my late father and our relatives regularly prays. I followed my mother by praying for our relatives as well. Many years have passed, and today, by the grace of God, I witness my extended family, one by one, believe in Jesus. My father decided to receive Jesus into his life barely a month before his passing. God is answering my mother's prayer. 
we should pray persistently, never giving up, asking our Heavenly Father for the salvation of people around us. Prayer movement cannot be done by creating another prayer meeting. It begins when we are hungry for Him. If we are not hungry for Him, we must ask for this spiritual hunger and love for people. We ask for it. Prayer is not making merit to please God. Praying is aligning with God to advance His kingdom. To make Him known to others, we pray because we know we cannot do it by our strength. We pray by faith and we believe that God will accomplish His work. I know some of you are very prayerful. I thank God for all of you. I'm also very encouraged by your faithfulness. Let us press on. We are on the right track. But some of us need some, some help and encouragement to pray. These are some suggestions for considerations that we can put into our daily habit. habit. Yeah. We can try to craft our, our prayer time either in the morning or even during mid-time, lunch time or even evening time. Set a time yeah, when we want to do it. And we do divide and conquer the prayer points. There are a lot of things to pray about. So we can break them by taking one or two items every day for seven days a week. So for seven days, we can pray for seven to 14 items. Different items for seven days a week. Or we can start a family prayer time. My husband told me, do not share something that I do not do it myself. So we are starting to do a family prayer time. And then what happened now? That my daughter always remind me not to pray for too long. Praying takes time. It takes our time. It takes our time. And not only that, our church is only providing a platform. Yeah, we do have a prayer mail once a month, every month. Yeah. There we have a prayer mail, church money prayer mail that you can find in the website. You can also pray in your small group. Yeah, not only that you pray for one another, but you take a craft of time that we pray for different points whenever you meet. Or we also do have a prayer throne twice a week. Yeah, by Zoom, you can check on the bulletin or on the website. We also have monthly prayer and praise. The coming one is this Wednesday. And also our weekly Sunday corporate prayer. Take this prayer seriously because God is answering our prayers. God wants to do His mighty works among us. For, for Him to do His great works, we must believe Him. When Jesus was in Nazareth, Jesus could not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. We show our faith to God by praying. When we pray, we are asking Him to fulfill His promise and show His great power of salvation. May the Lord find faith in us, in Amokyo Methodist Church. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We surrender our lives to you. Help us to pray. Give us the faith to trust you, that you will fulfill your promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.